98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station and the home of the Suns. Home of the Suns. We're checking in with Suns nerd Kellen Olsen on the rundown. Yes, here we go. One of the all-time fan favorite segments. I don't have the stats to back that up, Kellen, but I'm just going to assume that's the case. Kellen Olsen is here. You said it. It's true. Yeah. That's okay. And Kellen Olsen's here in studio because the last time we were going to have him on, something happened, we didn't have the show. Time before that, we were going to have him on, the phone lines went dead. So this time we just have Kellen in the actual studio. So unless somebody comes in here and drags you out in the next 10 minutes, we're going to talk some Suns basketball. I think I came in here for like the trade deadline, but it's been like over a year since I've been in here with you. So this is strange but familiar. Wow, you're right. It's probably 2019. Back then, the Suns were not the number two or possibly number one. <laughs> oh, how things have changed. Yes, they have. Um, okay. I mean, the, the the main talking point, I guess, to start with the Suns is how badly do you want to avoid the Lakers in round one? I am firmly in the, I don't want the Lakers in round one. I'll take them later. That's fine. That's part of the deal if you want to go deep, but I don't want them in round one. Where do you stand on that? I'm completely with you to the extent of doing what you can do. I don't think you can... As a team, you get you get in a dangerous spot where you're you're playing to get the more favorable matchup. But if you just like play with this fear of like we have to not play these guys, and then you you play against these guys, it feels like you're already mentally like down on the on the scorecard. You know, so yeah. uh, there's a delicate balance for them. But just speaking from a perspective away from theirs, I think that they should definitely fear the Lakers more than any other team in the league. Honestly, even looking at Eastern Conference opponents, if like like you want to talk about a finals matchup for them. I just think it's a terrible matchup, and I think it goes way beyond some of the more traditional things people have been talking about, which has been like the size and like even playoff experience, things like that. You just look at the style of play that the Suns have. They're a better defensive team than an offensive team, and when their defense gets going, that's what helps their offense the most. They're one of those teams where you really notice that cliche of our defense helps us turn into our offense. And something teams say a lot, but sometimes it's not true. It's definitely true with this team. Whenever they struggle offensively, it's because of their defense. And then when you look at Anthony Davis and LeBron James, you just wonder who exactly is going to guard those guys for the Suns. And then when you look at them offensively, we saw this a lot in the last matchup in terms of how they struggled offensively, but that was without LeBron James. And because of the Suns' personnel, you're probably going to have Anthony Davis starting on Jay Crowder, and you're probably going to have LeBron James starting on Mikel Bridges. And those two are just going to be roaming free safety menaces. And the Suns are actually going to have to get those guys involved in actions, probably, which they're terrific defenders. So then you're like, eh, well, do we want to, or where do they hurt us the most? And what we've seen in previous matchups as well this year is that the Lakers have chosen to let other guys beat them. And the Suns have done that. They did that in that first matchup when Booker got ejected. The, the uh, supporting pieces were great. But can they do it over a full playoff series? That's probably what they're going to challenge the Suns to do. Uh, and they just like also have like decent personnel to defend Chris Paul. I'm not saying that Dennis Schroeder and Alex Caruso are Chris Paul stoppers by any means, but Contavious Caldwell Pope's not too bad on Devin Booker either. So just like individually as a team, stylistically, I, I don't really like any of the matchup at all. Uh, big picture, and this doesn't necessarily have to assume a first round matchup with the Lakers because like you and I were talking out in the newsroom, people are, are acting like it's a done deal. It's it's the most likely scenario, but it doesn't make it likely. I mean, there's a lot of teams they could still play. But, you know, you look at Chris Paul and he's getting MVP buzz and, and, and deservedly so. And Devin Booker's averaging close to 26 points a game. And those are the two guys you look at as obviously the main pieces. But when we get into the playoffs, given the relative lack of depth they have up front, 
Where would you rank DeAndre Ayton's importance on this team, and does it change if they're playing the Lakers? For the postseason, like, yeah. specifically? Yeah. It it absolutely changes when they play the Lakers because the best answer they have for Anthony Davis is DeAndre Ayton, but the number one thing everyone brings up is you got to keep him out of foul trouble. So can you have DeAndre Ayton spend the majority of his time on the court defending Anthony Davis and at a certain point in a series, let's say around like game three, game four, game five, or whatever, if things are trending a certain way, Phoenix is favorable, the Lakers have that card they can turn to, which is playing Anthony Davis at the five. Now you have to guard him the entire time. Can you stay out of foul trouble? Can you attack him enough on the other end? And then again, back to something I was talking about before, if you think about Davis as a center and him defending DeAndre, and it's not so much that he's going to stop DeAndre in the post. It's the fact that who's setting a screen for Chris Paul and Devin Booker every time it's yeah. DeAndre. And so then they're turning the corner. There's Anthony Davis, perhaps the best defensive player that we have in the league right now, certainly one of the three or four best. And, and that is something where it's problematic in terms of how much his impact can outweigh Aiden's if they match up against each other. And I just think it's about DeAndre finding a way to impact the game himself, because that was the biggest problem with his performance on Sunday is that when he only takes three shot attempts. People will say that's indicative of like his performance and how much he is um, asserting himself in the game, however you want to phrase it. It also speaks to the Suns' failures, though, to get him involved and get him the ball on top of the fact that he's not doing the offensive rebounding necessarily. He's not diving as hard as he normally does, and those are like the little things that he has to do and the little things that he has been doing for the most part in the second half of the season that has been so encouraging with his development. Yeah, it just it feels like that Lakers series puts you in a position where you, if it's right out of the gate, where you have to ask Aiton to do more than maybe you want to right out of the gate. And also, that just seems like the one. That, that matchup in the first round seems the one where it's most likely we are talking about officiating and DeAndre Ayton, and I don't necessarily well, want that in the first round. Well, you talk about a young player playing in his first postseason. Hey, you might need to guard their be- best player, <laughs> quote-unquote. Yeah. You also need to be the guy that you always are for us consistently, which unfortunately he has not proven he is capable of doing this season in terms of being at nine times out of ten. Now that number has gone up from the previous two years, of course, but in his first postseason, like, hey, go defend Anthony Davis. Also, be it's, it's such a tough ask for the guy and, and why it always comes back to the playoff inexperience for some of these sons, unfortunately, in terms of what could be their downfall. Yeah, it's it's just it's almost an unfair ask. And again, I know you're going to have to if you want to go all the way, you're going to have to go through the Lakers at some point. But I'd rather have that series where I ease in with DeAndre Ayton in his first series against Memphis or whoever. Um, ESPN put out their future rankings, and they had the Suns number nine overall. They had the Clippers number two, which is interesting because Kawhi, I think, could still destroy that team. But I don't really care about the Clippers where they are. The Suns in particular, there's been so much talk of the window being this year and next year with Chris Paul. It can be longer than that, though. How do you see that playing out, and what, what in your mind is the biggest step to make sure this isn't just a two-year thing where they're this good? I think the second part of your question is the most important, which is you need to get a certain amount of playoff experience out of these next two years. Dan Bickley wrote a really good piece on ArizonaSports.com. You can read right now about a Lakers matchup, and one of the things that he wrote about is, like, Chris Paul title window, obviously you want to pursue that, but at the same time, I think that Chris Paul's primary responsibility here is to get these three, four main pieces of the core ready to where they can do this on their own. They won't need Chris Paul anymore. And if they just get beat by the Lakers in five or six games in the first round, that's not a ton of playoff experience that they're getting and not much of an experience just getting handled like that by such by a superior team. So I think that the steps for them to take forward are to get those 
advancing in the playoffs for sure. Like I, I think this year, like you have to make it to the second round, and then hopefully, if Chris Paul is still able to play at this level next year, which I think he will be able to, some of the young guys improve again. You're able to keep this team together. You can make a run at the Western Conference Finals or even the Finals next year with the experience you've gotten as a group. Because talking about playoff and experience, all that's great and stuff. But Chris Paul says all the time, like he talks about this group, and it's it, these guys have only been together this year in yeah. terms of Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre. And you look across the Western Conference and like the main one, two, three pieces of all of those teams, you've got Gobert and Mitchell in Utah and Denver. They had Murray, he went down, but they've still got Jokic there and some of the other pieces that they have around him. The Lakers, LeBron and AD, the Clippers, Kawhi and Paul George, all those guys have been through wars together. The Suns haven't yet. And that's what they need to get in these next two years. So when we are talking about this team in 2025 or whatever, we can reference the fact that they've been through a ton together already and where their experience actually becomes an advantage over some of these younger up and coming teams where you start talking about like new Orleans or or Memphis or whatever, a couple of years down the line. Kellen, good stuff. We've waited a long time to have you in studio to actually be able to talk about playoff basketball. Uh, We only got a minute, but here just out of the East, who do you think is coming out of the East? Is it, is it as clear cut as people are trying to make it with Brooklyn or does Philadelphia being the number one seed really help them out? It is. I think a more interesting thing to talk about with the playoffs is the getting the number one seed. People talk about avoiding the Lakers. How about avoiding the Lakers and the Clippers potentially? If you're looking at the one seed, you could play the winner of the Nuggets and the Mavericks, and I feel very comfortable with the Suns beating either of those teams. You're in the Western Conference Finals just like that. You play Memphis or Golden State or whatever in the first round, those teams in the second round, you're golden. Yeah, that's a great point. And, that, and that's that's the thing. I think people get caught up in the whole, like, well, I, I'm not going to be scared of the Lakers. It's like, it's fine. But if I can go through Memphis and Dallas to get to the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals, sign me up. How about if you beat the Lakers and if you beat the Clippers or, uh, or the Clippers and then you get to the Western Conference Finals, how much you been through just yeah. like physically worn down by those two series yep. yeah it's it's a way tougher path kellen great stuff man i know we'll have you in here a lot to talk about actual playoff games that's the next step this is exciting huge.